Hello and welcome to Shh, We're Reading Dirty Books. This is Saylette. And this is Kalina. And we're a podcast who reads and reviews paranormal romance novels. Thank you for joining us again. <laughs> Yay. So, my kids are getting ready to go to bed. You could probably yep. hear them. They sound fun. They <laughs> <laughs> They are fun. It It's like... Great. Like, they have impeccable timing, right? Right. Yes. They didn't make a sound until I said, hey, welcome to blah, blah, blah. And they're like, oh, mom's on her broadcast. She's actually doing it now. Like, we better (laughs) start making noise. (laughs) Let's do this. Anyway, how are you? How are things? Things are good. It's been a busy week at work, so Mm -hmm. I'm a little bit like... Glad it's over, because this is my Friday, so obviously I I get a couple days off. It's snowing a bejesus outside. I know! This is our spring snow, so it's super fucking wet. So wet. Super heavy. It's But no, yeah, it's... I mean, it's what we get. It's it's Denver, and, you know, it might snow. It might not. You never know in the spring. It could be yeah. literally anything. I am disappointed because it was supposed to rain, like, all week. Yeah. And we, I fucking love rain. And I was like, yes, let's get uh, some rain. Yes. I mean, it's been warm, so rain would be cool. And then instead, we got just kind of cloudy, cool weather, and then all of a sudden it started snowing. I was like, hey, bitches, I was supposed to get rain. <laughs> I don't like being fucking lied to. <laughs> so true. I was ready for it too. I was super ready for it. I was, I was like, just like, I, I just want to watch rain. it to pour. On. Oh, I love the smell of it and all so of it. Good. Yeah. I mean, I like snow too, but we get snow. I want rain. Where's my fucking rain? That's true. We don't get enough rain. Mm-hmm. We need to get a little bit more rain. Yeah. We yeah. used to have more when I was a child. Yes. I do remember and, that. But yeah, so I'm good. How are you? Good. I'm just good. doing my thing. Things are normal. School. I started a new class, but everything is good. Dan's a little stressed. He started his new position about a month ago, and he is so busy. And so, actually, I barely see him, even though we have the same schedule, pretty much. And he gets home. Then he goes either straight to sleep because he's so tired, or he'll do his homework. And both of us are just doing our homework. And so it's been a little stressful in that sense. But, you know, we're doing our thing. Okay. Yeah. All right. Cool. Yeah. So how's your lifestyle thing going? It's going good. Nothing, no big things to report or anything. I mean, I'm two and a half, or one and a half months off of the birth control, the Mm -hmm. pill. And I feel really good about it. I do think that there's a certain amount emotional dampening i want to say that came with the pill mm. that i didn't really realize i i knew when i was in my teens and 20s i was on a different kind of pill like the you know the pill but with a different brand name you know yeah and when i went off of it i realized that i had been pissed off for like 10 years <laughs> And I all of a sudden wasn't. I just wasn't angry anymore. And I was like, oh, fuck. And so I made sure when I went back on it in my 20s and I got out of a different pill that it was, you know, that it was different. I talked about that with the doctor and I was like, I did not like the way that one messed with me emotionally. I couldn't tell at the time because I guess it had like slowly built to that. But anyway, this one, I don't, at least I didn't feel that. Like I came off of it and I don't feel like I've been mad for a decade. So that's good. (laughs) Um, But I do feel like I had pretty muted emotions and now I'm dealing with some more emotional issues than I Mm. have had lately. So that's not great. 
I mean, it's fine. It's good. <laughs> it's good for you, but of course, it's not something that you it's... want to experience, right? Or to go through. Like, it's... It's yeah. easier to not have emotions. Oh, of So course. now I have to deal with emotions. <laughs> Which is a fun thing. But overall, no, it's a very... I, I really do like it. I just ate a giant salad for dinner, and it made me Ooh. so damned happy. Yay! Like, when you just have a giant fresh bowl of crispy cool lettuce oh yes full of like avocados and onions and tomatoes and snap peas and shit and some seeds for crunch and you're just like damn it that was good so i'm really really thrilled about that stuff like that makes me happy (laughs) good so yeah that's super good how are you things are good i was stuck at my weight for about a month so i was at a plateau for nearly four weeks and that got a little frustrating so it was i mean the the positive side about it is that i knew what my threshold was and like what i needed to do to adjust to a lifestyle that would maintain that weight Mm -hmm. which i didn't i didn't really like because i i still felt like i wasn't eating enough but i was also hungry i was also getting lots of sugar cravings so Uh. that could just be what it was i mean i wasn't hungry i wasn't like starving or anything but i always felt like i could eat a little more so Mm -hmm. i went back to carnivore last week and that's helped another like kickstart Mm -hmm. type of thing and that's been going well so I don't know if I'm, I don't think I'm going to do this for a week or a, a month. I think I'm going to do this for maybe two weeks mm-hmm. and then get back into keto. So Dan isn't doing carnivore again. He's doing, he's sticking on keto. Mm-hmm. So we're both still doing our thing. So, but I just needed to get back into a uh, movement and showing that there was some type of signs of, because I still have. Yeah. You just wanted to see to progress. Yeah. You just need a kind of a, a reset to start that progress going again. Yeah. Instead of the plateau. Yeah. Exactly. That totally makes sense. Exactly. Yeah. So that's that. It's been good so far. I still feel really good and I'm still satisfied with it. You know, the plateau was a little discouraging, but it didn't stop me. I didn't go out and just like fuck things up and say, Mm -hmm. fuck it. I'm just going to do whatever now. (laughs) I still stuck to good eating plans and everything and allowed myself a very very subtle cheat meal where I had like I think it was maybe a spoonful of ice cream (laughs) (laughs) which was amazing it was so delicious yeah 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 I always my cheat is I will put like one ounce of cheese on a salad every Uh, other week yeah like fuck you I got some cheese bitches (laughs) (laughs) nice because cheese is goddamn delicious yeah cheese is delicious what i've been eating a lot of lately that i haven't really eaten much before is butter i'm eating a ton of butter because it has less calories than olive oil yeah and i just i never i never knew that butter's damn good yeah so you cook everything yeah i would like that i am not supposed to be on dairy so it's not even like a calorie thing it's a dairy thing that's right because i'm supposed to be off dairy and gluten and i stick more tightly to the gluten because i do think gluten has a bigger reaction in my body Mm -hmm. but every once in a while i just am like you know i need a little cheese (laughs) cheese makes you happy i just need a little cheese i don't have to eat a whole giant block of cheese no i don't have to eat mac and cheese (laughs) but just a small amount of cheese whole real cheese on a salad or on you know if i make like a fajita type dish or something hell yeah just a little bit just a tiny bit. There you go. So that makes me, that's like, yeah, that's my kind of cheaty thing. Let's see. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, cool. good. 
Good, good, good. I have a quickie for you before we jump into our book. Ooh, let's do this. Which of the four elements are you or do you most closely identify with? Oh, I like this one. Um, well, these are, this is good. I've got so many stories. Mm. Well, I'm an Aquarius. So I think my natural sign or whatever it's called, I think it's air, right? I know it sounds funny because it's aqua. So well, it she's should the water, be water bearer. Because Pisces is water because they're fish. <laughs> Actually, I don't fucking know. <laughs> what is the elemental side for? I'm trying to look it up. It's an air sign. You're right. Aquarius is an air sign. Okay. Which is crazy because she is the water bearer. Yeah, it, it's so confusing. But I think I'd it. known that because my mom's an Aquarius and I always thought that was weird. I always thought that was weird too. And actually, Dan was the one who corrected me on that. He was like, you are you don't like water because you're an Aquarius. And I said, what does that mean? That I that Shouldn't that mean I like water because Aquarius? And he's like, no, that's an air sign. <laughs> and I was like, what? So that's how I found out years ago. But I think I would probably probably relate most to air because i i mean i i love the element of flying yeah you know like i like flight but you know with body levitation instead of not that that's a real thing (laughs) but (laughs) in my corporeal thing of an airplane right like that Fuck that. That I like Give so me much. The non real body <laughs> levitation flight any day. Exactly. <laughs> f- I'm with the fake stuff. I would zipline every fucking where if I could. <laughs> so, yeah, I would say air. And I think okay. that is pretty appropriate with being an Aquarius. Uh huh. Okay. Well, by you. I think my element is water. Mm-hmm. I am a Capricorn, which is an earth element because apparently we're all like grounded people. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. Um, but I don't feel very attached to the earth, so <laughs> I mean I like earth. I think earth might be my second favorite. Yeah, I mean you're pretty But I really am more of a water being. Yeah, I would agree. I love swimming. I'm so pissed because our pools have been closed since COVID and I just mm. want to fucking swim again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I I was swimming before I could walk, so see, this is all my mother's fault. She started this shit. <laughs> <laughs> putting me in the pool as a baby so yeah i definitely am more in tune with and love water and water things and water yeah. elements I, like i said i just fucking wanted to rain like god damn it just give me rain. yeah yeah <laughs> it'd be really nice so yeah capricorns are earth so earth is kind of cool too i guess <laughs> <laughs> It is. The cool thing about us is that I think we are the opposing element of each other. Water and, or air and earth. I think air and Yes. Yeah. Air and earth. Because then fire and water are opposite, Yeah. So. Which is, I guess that makes sense. Yes. Yeah. How we cool. We are valid. Yeah. When I was in my quote unquote coven, I was yes. the element of fire. Ah. Yeah. I, I don't remember how we got to choose or were given which elements we wanted or whichever ones that we thought we deserved or whatever. Mm-hmm. But fire was, was my thing. And I mean, I like fire, but 
I hate heat, so that doesn't make any sense. No. Yeah, I, that's why fire's not my favorite thing either. Like, I just the last thing I need to be is hot. Yeah. It's, it's unpleasant. I don't. I don't want that in my life. I don't want it. I mean, as an abstract thing, fire's pretty. I yeah. love. I love campfires. Sure, yeah. But they're also scary and destructive, and I don't, you mm-hmm. know, so you be careful. Fire. Yeah. And now I have electric candles that I can turn on with a remote, and I'm like, well, fuck, this oh is my better. God. That's <laughs> awesome. So much better. Uh-huh. And they never, like, melt or burn down, and they never almost set my house on fire. You right. know, shit like that. Yes. So, and totally. they're very pretty in the night. Just <laughs> twinkling. <laughs> So yeah. Okay, cool. Well, that's fun. Awesome. And now we should get into our book because it's time. Book time. Book time. What did we read? So we read Fire Me Up by Katie McAllister, narrated by Barbara Rosenblatt. And this is the second book of the, guess what I didn't write down? (laughs) (laughs) It's the Aisling Gray series, I think. I think it's just named after her. Oh, it's just named after her? Okay. After the Aisling Gray series. So we read the first one of this series shit a long time ago episode 39 episode 39 y'all yes well so you know 50 almost yeah 50 episodes ago jesus that's back in year two holy crap well we're back for more so do you want to click notes us i will do my best <laughs> to do Uh, justice the quick and dirty version and then we'll get into the grit yes okay so we have uh our returning characters that's everyone we've already met in the first book which is aisling gray and drake vireo and then asling asling aisling aisling ashling 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 yeah i think there is an h in there ashling ashling there's there's no h in it (laughs) there is not there's no h in it it's spelled a-i-s-l-i oh wait i just saw that too i think it's ace then it's ashling no ashling (laughs) ashling i think they just i think it's it's irish right but i think it's just easier to be like ashley (laughs) it's not ashley ashling ashling as as oh Hold whatever oh, okay we can't do this no. for an hour no we can't ashling 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 gray so we're gonna say ashling okay so in the first book ashling discovers that she is a guardian which is somebody who can control portals to and from hell with earth and she has to be in charge of helping keep them shut and keep earth you know earth safe from demons and shit <laughs> She is also a demon lord because she accidentally summons <laughs> Ephraim, a lovely demon who comes as a giant Newfoundland, Newfie, and he is now her dog and her demon who she has to like take care of and he wanders around. And then she also happens to be a wyvern's mate when she meets the green wyvern, Drake Virio, and he's like, you're my mate, bitch. And she's like, what the hell is that? And then they <laughs> mate and she becomes his mate. So mm. all this happened in book one. So, but at the end, she tried to like run away from Drake. She's like, I can't deal with you and your dragon shit. I'm going to go off and learn how to be a guardian. So she shows up in this book in Budapest and she's doing another courier job for her uncle, but she's also there for a conference of otherworldly magic and psychological, you know, you know, psychic use power. Yeah, yes. <laughs> other like, gatekeepers and other psychics. Yes, but and- they're all like, 
they're all like humans who do psychic witchy things. Yeah. They're not like the dragons aren't part of this and like demons aren't part of this. It's really witches and warlocks and gatekeepers and guardians and mm-hmm. psychics and stuff like that. So she's there to go to this conference and learn and hopefully she wants to find a mentor. She wants to become a apprentice to another guardian so she can learn what the deal is with being a guardian and how to do it. Now from the very beginning things start to go awry for her. She gets like <laughs> robbed at the, <laughs> at the train depot or something and then she finds out that Drake is also there staying in the hotel when she thought she was away from him. He, he should have been in Paris at the time. She gets stabbed another dragon saves her all of these incubi show up and try to sex her up at night <laughs> all mortal men she crosses paths with throw themselves at her feet and try to worship her she's just very confused by what's going on meanwhile no one takes her seriously at the conference because she doesn't know anything about being a guardian mm-hmm. she hasn't taken the test to be a apprentice or the ritual she hasn't done the ritual the apprentice ritual test she's trying to get people on her side they find out she's a wyvern's maid and they're like, hell no, bitch, you've got too much on your plate. You can't you can't do all of this. And she's like, this is my job. I'm professional. And, <laughs> and then, of course, because it's Ashling, people start dying. Yep. <laughs> and she's naturally assumed to have been involved with this. Drake is still around, hanging on, you know. She has to actually go to him at one point to stop the incubi from coming to her all night long. They're just, like, apparating into her room, into her bed. And be like, let's get it on. And she's like, no, leave me alone. So, <laughs> so she ends up making the final commitment to Drake as his uh, mate. Because he's there on a peace talk with the other dragon wyverns, the four heads of the, the four sets of dragon clans and he's trying to make a, a peace agreement because right now their peace is just tentative and they have a tendency to war with each other which is really bad for humans i.e. the black plague <laughs> so he's working on that he needs her to come along to do all of the you know diplomatic events with the dragons she's trying to solve murders there's some ghosts that show up she's got a <laughs> you know demons keep popping in and out incubi dead people you know the whole deal and then at the end she solves everything except the drake thing she didn't she walks out on him again by the end of the book (laughs) yeah but yeah in in the first book she didn't declare herself as his mate in the second book this book she does but then at the end it gets all weird again uh yeah no so she's she's very uh she has a flip-flopping attitude when it comes to drake Yes. She can't make up her mind about it. Yeah. Whether she's in it for the long haul or not. But on the plus side, we get nice and dirty sex. Oh my God. Lots. So much. Lots sex. and lots of sex. Hot sex. Oh, hot. So you guys. good. And it's so crazy hot. And the Katie McAllister, the author, doesn't curse. Like yeah, her, her characters, doesn't. her characters don't curse, and she does not use explicit terms for body parts. Right. So yet it is some of the steamiest sex I've ever read without dick being mentioned at all. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> no cock, no pussy. No, she doesn't none even of those say. Words. She doesn't even say sheath. Like like or nope, like. Nope. Just none of it fills her up. Really, it just, I think the only thing that like yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's creative writing to the core, and it's amazing it's so amazing and you even like one of your favorite sex scenes was from the very first book it still is my 
favorite text scene we Your have favorite is. read. It is. Yes. Well, yes, actually, I think I have to say, because it's the one I remember the most vividly of all the ones we've read. I mean, I know some mm-hmm. of, I have a couple other favorites, especially our voyeuristic scenes. <laughs> but <laughs> of course, those aren't full. Those aren't really sex. You know, that's just with us watching men masturbate, which is fun. Right. <laughs> but for f- actual sex, and I mean, I to be fair, it was dream sex, but with Drake, dream sex is real sex, so it counts. Yeah. It's not like uh, that one book where the dream sex was all fake dreams. Oh, they no, never I, had sex. I can't deal with that. Yes. <laughs> but anyway, um, so yeah, my favorite scene, sex scene of all the books we've read of these, you know, 86 episodes is the Chase Lounge scene from yeah. the first book of the series. But it is followed pretty closely by the bathtub scene in this book. Oh, the bathtub scene was good. I even liked that water scene, like that lake dream lake scene. The, the pool, pool scene was yeah. really hot. Yeah, that one was. But so they good. didn't actually have sex in it. It was just steamy and sexy. Oh yeah, you're right. They didn't. She, she he he told her to wake up. She woke up and like dashed into his room, and then yeah, they boned hard. That's what they did. <laughs> that's what happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that okay. one was good. That was the first one where he like breathed fire into her during oral, and it was yeah. like. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. was that. That was a he, good one too. He didn't display any dragon signs the first book. In this one, there's fire, there's smoke, and he actually in one of the dreams was a dragon in that dream in that scene. And when they sex now, he <laughs> when he climaxes, he turns into a dragon. So we've got like also our first like almost interspecies. E- I know. I was always I was like, what? What's mm-hmm. happening? Like, mm-hmm. so he's a tiny dragon. <laughs> I'm guessing he must not be a very big dragon. He's the man-sized dragon. He's just a person-sized, you know? <laughs> I don't know if he turns fully or she just starts, like, he he gets kind of like the scales and the right. talons and just bits of him turn maybe, but his it's eyes. not explicit. Well, his eyes, yeah, his his pupils always kind of give him away anyway, but, mm-hmm. a cu- but d- during a couple of scenes when he's climaxing he dragon shifts <laughs> for a second yeah she sees him as a dragon so i'm like oh that's nice. i don't know that i want that <laughs> but okay oh, oh yeah we'll there's some good good fucking sex in this one it's fucking mm-hmm. hot <laughs> And it's so interesting. These are such different characters than ones we're used to because they are fated mates, but we don't know much about Drake, really. He's not a really well fleshed out character. No, he's not. And he shows a little bit of like protectiveness, you know, a little chauvinism, you know, male dominance shit. But that's about it. Like the rest is just he likes her enough and they have sex and then they go their separate ways. (laughs) (laughs) She's running around doing shit all day and we don't know what he's doing. We have no They're just not always together. They never talk. They never have conversations about fuck all. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck all. Like at all. It's so hard it's to imagine. Yeah, it's interesting. It's hard to see them as a couple, especially compared to all of our other fated mates and how like domineering, like, you know, yeah, I guess I would say domineering, how jealous and how protective and everything that the males usually are of, of the females. And it is hard to understand their relationship. I kind of like it. I l- kind of like the mystery behind it. 
Even though it's hard to see that connection as a, oh, you know, them as a couple. I love it because I think it was in a recent episode that I was talking about how hard it can be. I think it must have been something short we read mm-hmm. where they have to be in instantaneous true love and yeah. having sex simultaneously. And I don't, and sometimes that doesn't quite work. Sometimes the authors try so hard to make it work, but it doesn't, it's like, it's hard uh, with such a short time frame to really fully flesh out that love. And yeah. I think it's a really interesting path to take here where the characters fall into lust with each other real fucking quick. Yeah. And they know that they are fated, but that doesn't mean that they come along instantly to that idea idea you know yeah like i think drake gets it just because he is a dragon so he understands the world better but even he hasn't he doesn't understand ashling and her her life and what her dreams and her wishes he's trying but he's not very good at it he pretends like he's gonna he didn't try very hard yeah no he doesn't try very hard yeah but he does seem at a couple of times to like maybe go okay well we'll see (laughs) but you know so we get to have really hot steamy sex but they're not trying to force love on us yet you know no katie isn't trying to tell us that these characters are 100 percent in love we see her constantly waffling about it he doesn't say anything about love he's all about you have a duty to the sept you have yeah like rights and, and like and and rules to follow and like this is the role you have to play but it's not like i love you bitch he doesn't say that so no he never says any of that and actually that part of his character comes out a lot in this book where she explains that he really is all about the peace and about trying to reconcile or build bonds and protect his clan or his coven or his flock of dragons. Sept. Sept. Oh, you just used that word and I'd forgotten already. It's sept of dragons. You know, because he wants, he needs to protect him. He's the leader. He's the, he's the wyvern, right? Yeah. yeah. Yes. He's the he's, green wyvern. Yes, that's right. He's a green wy- wyvern. Wy- wy- wyvern. Wyvern. The green wyvern. They say wyvern in this book. I think they, another they one of our books it. said wyvern. So, yeah. So he's the green wyvern. Wait, wyvern. <laughs> I'm literally forgetting everything you're just telling me and making shit up. (laughs) Sorry. He's the green wyvern. And yeah, so so he is taking his... Most of his time is committed to protecting his sept. However, they were supposed to have this conference in Paris, but because he knew that she was going to be in Budapest, he moved his conference there. So yeah, the peace that, talks. Yeah. yeah, I'm sorry. Yes, well, because she the has she, but, uh, she has to be in attendance as part of the rules of dragons mm-hmm. that the wyvern's mate has a very important role to play in negotiations and and, and peace talks. So yes. he had to move it. I think maybe a smarter move would have been to. Not not have the peace talks yet <laughs> wait until after the conference hold on <laughs> it's only been a month she's only been your mate for a month so maybe unless the peace talks have been in negotiation for like years or you know whatever to get to this point it seems like a very difficult time to have them because you have a brand new mate who does not know anything about dragons who left you a month ago and you haven't spent any time trying to fucking tell her about dragons like I really needed him a a better path and maybe you know it would have been a different book had he taken this path and their relationship would be different 
But he needed to have, like, followed her home and been like, let me explain our world to you and help you understand it. And then you can make a decision about wanting to be my mate or not. She specifically went to this conference in Budapest because she didn't think he was going to be there. Right. (laughs) Because dragons aren't connected to this conference at all. It's not for supernatural creatures. It's just for humans with extra, you know, extra powers or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And then he shows up and she's like, damn it, I wasn't (laughs) supposed to be around him. But then the more she's around him, the more she's attracted to him. And the Mm -hmm. more, like, I think the faded part of it kind of kicks in for her. And so she just goes ahead and jumps in and is like, fine, as long as you let me be a guardian, I'll be your mate. Yeah. Well, she's very not explicit in the things she asks for of of him. She's basically like, don't make snide comments and don't say mean things to potential mentors. And he's like, deal. And so she took that to mean he was going to just let her do whatever she wants. And he took it to mean I didn't make snide comments or uh, talk to your mentors at all. So... <laughs> but I don't have to let you actually be a guardian. <laughs> right. So they have a they have a big snafu fight at the end because she basically burns his limo and jumps out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, because she starts, because she could start fires with her body now because she's the, I guess, officially. She's officially uh, his, his mate. mate. So she has his dragon fire. She can access his dragon fire, but she's really bad at it. Mm-hmm. And I did, ha- here's one point that I have, like, I love Ashlyn up until this. <laughs> She has this very difficult or like problem where she doesn't listen when people tell her things. <laughs> so everybody keeps saying, that's you setting fires. And then every time a fire happens, she goes, Drake, stop setting fires. <laughs> and Drake goes, it's not me. Jim goes, it's not Drake. Uh, Renee, the taxi guy, goes, it's not Drake. Literally everyone in her life is telling her, it's not Drake, it's you. You set the fires. But then every time a fire happens, she's like, Drake, stop setting fires. And I'm like, he's been a dragon his whole fucking life. He has his uh, shit under control. He, he gets fired. Yeah, he knows how to control. That's so funny. You've only been in this world for a month. I think the fire problem's you. <laughs> and everybody else says it's you. Maybe you should listen. She has a small problem with listening. She and doesn't do it. That is a prime example of really how the rest of her life goes. I, she's always getting herself into some type of trouble, some type of mischief, and goes on to all these adventures and just stumbles through everything. And she doesn't like necessarily blame everybody. She blames no, no. for the fire. But it's always these... What is there a name for that kind of a adventure or whatever it is where they just get into mischief all the time? And she's always just it, finding herself in trouble. You know what I mean? It's, I mean, I'm sure there is. I'm not thinking of a good one right now. But she's very... She's accident prone. That, yeah, accident prone. She's haphazard. Mm-hmm. And she's very... I, I called it frenetic. Her energy is frenetic. So she's constantly, she's just jumping from something, one thing to the next. Mm -hmm. And she is drama, like things around her. And they are not through her own fault. So all the time she's protesting her innocence. Like, I'm not calling Jin to me. Or not Jin, um, Incubi. I'm not doing this. I'm not. And and she's not. But she's not. It takes her too long when everybody's going, okay, but it's still about you. Yeah. Like, you still have you a connection. You may not be doing it, but it is around you, and yeah. you are the you are the centerpiece that is driving the the chaos. Yeah, the you're chaos the chaos that here. just kind of circles around you. Yeah, and so, but I think that's more of a personality flaw. 
So it's not something that's going to change. I think she's just like this. Oh, yeah, yeah. Even some of the stuff she talks about from her past kind of feels like, you know, she has this ex-husband and all of these things have happened and she didn't have a good job. She ended up just having to be a courier for her uncle. And, Mm -hmm. you know, she seems like one of those drama people. Oh, yeah. And (laughs) she's- People who you're just like, how do you live your life? Right. Everything is a mess. Everything is chaotic. (laughs) She is a fucking wreck. Like, she is a mess. But she gets through it and she figures out what is happening at the end because there is a story that's well, happening. She's very smart. Yeah, I think, she is smart. Like, despite all the things, you know, I've said about her, she doesn't listen the greatest and she doesn't, you know, accept things that are presented to her and, you know, quickly. Instantly. But she does put them together and thinks outside of the box. And that's mm-hmm. how she's ended. She both in both books, she ends up solving the problem. Everyone else is attacking it from a different angle and they don't see the whole picture because yeah. that bad guy in both books, that's their goal. Obviously, they don't want anyone to see the whole picture because right. if you saw the whole picture, you'd find them. Right. <laughs> so she 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 is able because of her weird frenetic energy, <laughs> I think, to kind of look at things in a different light. And she puts it together. She she should have put it together faster, though. A little sooner. Almost that as it was soon as she Mav- met him. Him, as soon as she met him, because he was off, but also as soon as Nora told the story of the guardian she used to know, that was 100% Mavabel, like Mavabel. Mavabel. Yeah, yeah, the guardian who was in love with the incubi, but then cut off the relationship right before she lost her soul, went home to America, gave up being a guardian and married a man. We've met this lady. That lady you have met a hundred times and she is the one you don't like. She's the one that drives you crazy. As soon as that house, like it's Mavabel. Obviously, the guy, the Jin's going after Mav. Not Jin. Why do I want to keep calling him Jin? Incubi. <laughs> I don't know why incubi is a harder word for me to remember, <laughs> but whatever. Incubus. Incubus. But incubi is the multiple versions. Yes, and there's a lot of incubi in the story. Yeah, but the but one, anyway, the the leader is the just, one. Yeah. Yes. Which He's the bad guy. The- I liked his name, but I can't remember it for the fucking life of me right now. His name or his title? His name. Okay. Was it his name? Yeah, yeah. Well, he had two. What was his title? Well, I, I can't remember you don't know either that. of them. I'm not going to be able to tell you. <laughs> well, then I don't know which one it is. <laughs> the, his name is the person she kept looking for. So yes. she knew him by his name, but then the incubus who was telling her about his brothers and sisters Jacob just used the or something. Yeah, yeah, Jacob just used the title, the yeah. guy's title, which was different. And then eventually she had to put it together that they were the same person. Okay, then it was his name that I like. It was a good name, but I couldn't tell because it's, it's it's Hungarian. It's a different. Yeah. Do you want to know like the funnest fun fact ever? Yes, I have stayed in a hotel on Margaret Island in Budapest. <gasps> wow, which is where this place was taking place. Yes, where this book took place. So Margaret Island is an island in the middle of the Danube between Pest and Buda. So Mm -hmm. they used to be two cities, but they are now Budapest, one city, but their half is on one side of the river and the other half's on the other. And Mm -hmm. on this island in the middle is a park, like, you know, it's a nature preserve, but there's a couple of hotels on there. I didn't stay at the one that she's at. That is a real hotel. It is a historic hotel. Oh, wow. It's really fancy. (laughs) We stayed in a small or not as fancy hotel, <laughs> not as expensive hotel on the same on Margaret Island when I visited Budapest. So that's so I know exactly cool. like the whole time I was like, I know this place, I know this place. That is so sweet. <laughs> well, when when she was saying some of the words, like some of the, I was like, I wonder if Kalina is like familiar with any of this. Um, my Hungarians, language. yeah, no, it's not very good. It did not sound like she was doing a good job no. at all. <laughs> 
<laughs> I was like, ooh, that doesn't sound like Hungarian. Um, but Hungarian is hard. It is very fucking difficult. Oh, it's because it's not a it's not a Slavic or Germanic or Romance mm. language. Okay. It's one of the Ergo Finnish languages. So it's just Finland, Estonia, and Hungary have these three weird languages that are only related to each other. Wow. That's fascinating. Yep. I love yes. that. Katie, so, I Katie was, has her, her, she knows her history there. Yeah, she yeah. knows her shit. But I was so excited. I was like, I know this fucking place. I was like, Margaret, no, what? Yes. <laughs> and then I looked and I was like, yes, that's the island I stayed on in Budapest. That is amazing. It's such a cool city. Oh, Budapest I bet. Is really I want to go to Budapest. I do, I do. Yes. That would be yes. really cool. You have to. It's so fascinating. I love that Katie brought the characters from the first book back into this one because Renee is one of my... My fucking favorite characters. And Jim is also really great. He is the demon dog. Her, oh, yeah. her, uh, what, what is he? A newfie? Newfie. Mm-hmm. And he just gets into trouble. Fucking, what's her name? Barbara? I, I have to say, I've, oh, the, the narrator. The narrator. Yes. She, oh my God. Her range of voices fucking amazing i don't understand it, it I, I don't understand how she could do jim and <laughs> mavabelle like just those two alone yeah are so different so different and then she did tiffany tiffany is the oh, professional virgin and <laughs> i fucking love i love tiffany so much i was annoyed of her at first but then i fell in love with her because i was like she's this is just the best character i love it but she's her, she's a professional virgin. Her professional what? virgin. They need her bo- blood because she's the virgin. <laughs> yep. So she's got to stay. But she also smiles at people and brings happiness to the world. She does. She's got this. Re- <laughs> she's just like very candid and just like. But why would you want her when I'm standing right next to her and I'm way more pretty than she is? And it's just like, oh my god, I was dying. I was dying. There were lots of parts in this book where I was just—I mean, literally laughing out loud. There's a lot of mm-hmm. books that don't make me do that. But yeah, her range, her range of character or voices for her characters was fucking amazing. I'm gonna say there's only one other narrator that has ever done that for me, but I also don't listen to very many books, so you have to remember that too. And that's Jim Dale. Dale. Yes, sorry. Thank you. For Harry Potter. Yeah, Jim Dale for Harry Potter, who's got amazing range, too, for all of his characters. Yeah. There's um a, quite a few of the British ones, and the children's narrators are just their killer. Uh, the other series, uh, which actually your boys should listen to. I've Septimus given them the game. Septimus Heat books. Yeah, Alan Corduna, who started it, and then I forget the narrator. They did switch narrators on us in that one. Alan Corduna is the best, but he only did the first book. Oh okay, but that there, yeah, but there, there, there's a lot of narrators that are just fucking fantastic. But you're right, she, this Barbara. Well, Barbara's a different. See, all the narrators that um I think are usually the strongest, and, and I'm not saying all. Okay, the ones I've I have been exposed to that I think are usually the strongest with the ranges are British men. I don't know why, <laughs> <laughs> but they are. Mm-hmm. But she, her nat. I don't know. I guess I don't know that it's her natural voice, but her what I've taken to be her natural natural voice which is Aisling's, Aisling's, uh, yeah Aisling's, Aisling's is, voice is in, in itself such a very strong 
kind of voice that you wouldn't expect it because it's very um it's gravelly she sounds it's like gravelly a smoker. It's super smoky gravelly yeah yeah and so you don't expect her to be able to do these other voices and be no. all that different no. and she's fucking crazy good oh, at it it's so good i enjoy it so much gerard doyle's the other one sorry i had to look oh, okay. that up i no, was that's gonna okay. die if i didn't so the first book of the septimus heap is done by alan corduna and this is by angie sage is the author and then the, the rest go are uh, gerard doyle and both of them are fucking fantastic narrators that's awesome anyway moving yeah. on that no, was side note i really wanted to point that out i know we sometimes talk about the narrator and how that affects the listening of the book but jesus she did fucking she's one of my favorites she's so good because it's a conference these are people from all over the world so we've got like indian we've got really like american we've got norwegian like Mm -hmm. uh, english southern southern uh whatever some of the dragons some of the i can't (laughs) figure out what the fuck drake is i sometimes i think he sounds a little slot like like vlad transylvania uh, yeah that's what i think he's a little transylvanian and i'm like but uh some of the dragons are asian Mm -hmm. uh i couldn't figure out what um, Gabrielle. Gabrielle was, I guess, French, maybe. But yeah, oh yeah, and she the end there was because Renee is French, and she so she had to do French. She, I mean, this like these characters are from all over. Yeah. I mean, she was in, at one point. Aisling is interviewing with a bunch of guardians, and they are literally from all over. Yes, <laughs> where she just and goes so from like accent like to a, accent to accent, and I'm like, I couldn't for the fucking life of me. I would decide on one and that I'd never, ever be able to recreate (laughs) it. And I'd be like, well, that's too bad. That Uh, character died. (laughs) Bye-bye, that character. Well, I mean, we've had narrators who've started with one accent for a character and ended with a different one towards at the end of the book. We've had some who waffled a little in their their character choices. Mm -hmm. Yes, we have. But no, Barbara Rosenblatt is fantastic. Yeah, And again, like coming from a very unique voice to begin with. Yeah, her voice is very unique i actually it's it's so much a part of the way i visualize aisling now like ashling the character mm-hmm. because of that voice she it has this, such a it's very distinct and she's also very animated when she, you know, does her characters. Like, I could hear her, like, arms. Like, I can't hear her arms, but I could picture it. Yeah. And she squeaks. She squeaks. A, she's it's a the high pitch. Yes. Like, <laughs> is it vocal fry? Is that what it is? I don't know I if think it's that's vocal what it fry. Is. I think, isn't yeah. vocal fry where it's like, uh, Oh, that's like, right. That's vocal yeah. fry. No, but it's the... But she's... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, she squeaks like, when she does it. Like, she gets a crack in her voice. And I love it. Does. It does. Her voice cracks. It's Especially when uh, Ashleen gets, like, super excited or super bad or something. She's like, wait a minute. You know, obviously she does it much better. But... Yeah, we can't imitate it because it's not... I no. just couldn't do no, it. No, there's, there's you no You have to way. listen to her. She's fantastic. It's, it's so good. I mean, and, and that in conjunction with the writing is amazing. Oh, so. fucking amazing. We it's a really fun book. Totally. Um... We gotta talk about the sex. Yeah, I mean, we should. I mean, that's what we're supposed to do. This is really goddamn good. (laughs) (sighs) It's... uh, So, I don't remember when the first sex scene... Like, what what was happening within the story where they were... Was that when she had the dream or he entered her dream and then she ran to his bed? She called him into her dream, yes. Okay. So, in the past, he would enter her dream but she has since developed some mental blocks and mental wards basically to kind of prevent him from just entering her dreams Mm -hmm. so she was having some sexy dreams about him just because he 
he's hot and she has sexy dreams. But it was, she had, it was after the night of the incubi, but she was back in her own bed Mm -hmm. and she had decided, I guess, or I don't know if she fully decided it or she just kind of manifested it, but she basically called him into her dream this time instead of the other, you know, instead of just entering. And she and him had that conversation about she wants to be a guardian and wants him to... Um, not stop her from that, but then she would commit to being his mate fully. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he, they did the oath and said, you know, I commit to you. I'm part of your sept of dragons. I'll put them ahead of myself. I pro- like swear fealty, basically, she did. Mm-hmm. And he swore to protect and honor her and respect her as his mate. And so then he said, now wake up. <laughs> so she woke up in bed and like grabs Jim and runs up to his to Drake's <laughs> suite and jumps him in bed. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I mean, like there's sex spread out through this well there yeah but that's the one where he starts off by going down on her and like doesn't let up for like ah yeah like over and over and over and she's just like oh my god this is where they burn the sheets on this one right (laughs) yeah she she looks afterwards she finds an ashling shaped (laughs) scorch mark on the bed and i'm like oh that's dangerous oh so dangerous you gotta get remote candles for your body so you don't start (laughs) start fires exactly <laughs> but no that one she's so she gets a lot of uh an intense orgasm out of that one yeah but then yeah one of my favorites and i don't remember which scene it was but okay. one of my favorites was when she went down on him and he like she was in control and he was just like come on come on Ashling, i and she's like ah, ah and she's playing with him and teasing him and just i love i love those scenes so much where it, even if like the well it's usually when the the woman's on top but it, it's always that blowjob scene where it's like that's yeah, when so good the men lose most control and i i mean like i know blowjobs are well i don't know because i've never had well I don't have a penis. I've said this many times, people. <laughs> I know they enjoy the sex. I know they enjoy the the blowjobs. But for some reason, they seem to like have less control of themselves when they're getting a blowjob. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And it's written in our books and in this scene specifically where she's just, she's got him under control. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and he's just like, come on, I, I you know, and she's like, ha, ha, ha. and it's just, just fun to listen to. But it's so ah, good. It's so hot. It's so sexy. It's the same sex scene. It's the same scene. Oh, it's the same scene. So after, yeah, after okay. he finally relents and gives her an orgasm orally, she kind of gets him back with okay. that. Okay. And kind of, yeah. And he's like, I can't, hold on, I can't, you know, I can't. And then she stops and he's like, no, don't stop. Yeah. He's like, yeah, that's what he was like. Don't stop. <laughs> he's like, Ashling. <laughs> I know. Don't and stop. I think it's, I think part of it is the way, again, that Barbara reads him. It's, it is different than our other really like kind of crazy alpha male yeah. um, characters because he he isn't overtly I'm the best I'm gonna do all of this just yeah. you know he's not like I think he's confident in himself by no means like he knows he's sexy and, and that he's really good at sex but <laughs> he, he but he's not he's not coming on really strong all the time so I think it's interesting he's not a cocky character he's not and mm-hmm. he you know He's not always telling her, like, well, I'll give you the best sex ever, or I'll do this or that. I mean, they don't talk at all, really, during sex, which is fascinating. Yeah, no. And, we, you know, we love, because we hate the really chatty sex. Yes. 
Yeah, exactly. And yeah, they're just really good scenes because they are just more about like in letting, like losing control and letting go. Yeah, and they both do that. And they both do it. They both get that that. chance. Yeah. And that's why I think that is a good one. That's a really fun scene to read. But the, the bathtub is my favorite scene because she does, she comes back from... Oh, so it's the night that they drop her on top of the bridge. <laughs> oh, that was a fun scene too, for her <laughs> so punishment. She, gets, <laughs> she has to get punished because in the first book she challenged him and lost, but she did it intentionally. It's a whole thing. But anyway, so the, her punishment is to be dropped off on top of this tower bridge. <laughs> and just she has to figure out how to get home. And so she does. And then she ends up, she's pissed off for a while, but she has to go to her apprentice uh, ritual with Nora. Mm-hmm. So she goes and does that. And by the time she gets back to the suite, she's really just, she's not pissed off anymore. <laughs> she's just excited. And like, she's now in a, you know, she, she at least has the potential to be an apprentice. She mm-hmm. passes. She's happy. She figured things out and she's starting to kind of learn things. So she's excited about that. And, you know, she gets to have sex with Drake. So who isn't super, super stoked uh-huh. about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she shows up and he's in the bathroom of their suite. And he's just sitting in this, you know, steamy hot bath that's like 10 people could fit in. So let's imagine like a pool. <laughs> that's actually a pool people that's not even a hot tub you guys (laughs) and she starts like doing a sexy like strip tease for him Mm -hmm. and she takes out because she's wearing this really fancy dress that he picked out and she takes it off and she's like can you unbuckle my shoe and he bites her shoe off oh it's so sexy (laughs) and then he rips her underwear and then she yeah it's just i don't know that and then there's the the water (sighs) i this scene when I was thinking about it, I was like, I am so glad that this is descriptively written out for me to listen to or to read and that it hasn't happened to me in real life because I do not know how I would react if all of a sudden Dan was trying to untie my fucking shoe with his mouth. I would have been like, <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> Get away from my feet. Why don't you just use your feet? I'll do it. Leave me. Stop. <laughs> you know, like, how would you react to that? Would you think? Like, oh, I, I, I wouldn't. I, no, you're right. 100%. The natural reaction would be like, are you biting my shoe? <laughs> also, he's a dragon. So he bites it and the shoe falls apart. You know, like the, the straps just break. Well, oh, now my, now you don't have a, now I don't have a shoe. Now I don't. Thanks. Now I am out of shoe. And he tears her underwear. Do you know how fucking expensive <laughs> a piece of nothing is to wear? <laughs> It's like $45. <laughs> and he just broke it. No, so in reality, I don't want any of this. I want all of this in my fantasy. Though. Oh, this my is fantasy. what I want in oh. my dress for me. Because again, he's a super rich dragon, so he's going to buy me new shoes and new underwear. That's true. This is very true. <laughs> he said that the emeralds on the dress were like $500,000 worth of emeralds anyway. That's just on the dress. So oh, yeah. Bitch can, he can eat my shoe if he's going to buy me more shoes. <laughs> But no, you're right. If it actually happened, I'd be like, what the fuck are you what doing? What the fuck? Are you- <laughs> I am the weirdest, like, like sex person anyway. Like, I just want to do it, get it done, and enjoy it while it's happening. But, and I can so- sometimes romanticize, but I think the extent of my more romanticizes is just watching porn, which isn't really romantic. <laughs> but when Dan tries to do, like, a really romantic or nice or sexy gesture towards me, I instantly go rigid and I get weird. I get super weird and I turn into, I turn into a weirdo. Like I just get, 
Uh, and it's not like I'm uncomfortable. I just at that point don't know what to do. Now, how do I react to this very nice, lovely, romantic gesture that my husband is giving to me? I would I probably start squawking like a, a turkey. Do turkeys <laughs> squawk? I don't know. I don't, I but- don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> Because what do. <laughs> I I just turned into a big idiot, and so I don't know. That's why I love reading scenes like these because they're great. Because in real life, it'd be a disaster. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. But yeah, the sex is good. You guys should definitely read up on the sex. A hundred fucking percent. Yeah, and it's and it's funny because she talks about like the orgasms that she has, and I really love it because she's super realistic about how she's like, yeah, one or two are good, but after that you just die. Like you, you don't <laughs> want any more orgasms. And so when they were talking about the 12 that they were having for the victims that had, the two victims that had died from, it was the incubus, was killing them, she was like, what man is there ever that can go 12? <laughs> 12 times in one night. Tell me that. <laughs> it's the best. I was dying. I had to rewrite that, that part and re-listen to it. It was so, so funny. funny. <laughs> and it's so contradictory to the other romance books where the guy's like, we're going to go 12 times. And you're like, no. Mm, no. no. I don't think so. <laughs> oh, that sounds so It sounds so I feel no. like chafing's gonna happen. Oh, lots of dry rub is gonna happen. Oh, that's oh, what's gonna happen. Oh, no. <laughs> but I but do yeah. love that she was like super realistic about that. Where, because as these incubus or the incubi were coming in, just like popping up and trying to sex her, she's all like, uh, no, get away from me. He's like, I will pleasure you and give you orgasms all night. She's like, I don't, I don't want, I don't want you. And no, who wants orgasms all night? <laughs> exactly. Well, yeah. And, and her and Drake have really intense sex, but it seems relatively short lived. Well, <laughs> like, it seems you know, like it's a like, normal time. It's a normal amount of time. To have she sex. has like at max two orgasms. Right. Which And it's like that two sounds reasonable. Perfect. We could do two. Two is great. <laughs> I have to work for two. I mean, I have to work for one. But I do <laughs> to work extra for two. <laughs> But no more. I just can't. I just can't take it. Which I think can lead us into our kiss and tell. Let's do that. We should. Yeah, that's a perfect. Um, <laughs> so from there into our kiss and tell for this episode, which is going to be as if we ever had sex so intensely that it left us sore from either going for too long, too many orgasms or whatever have you and if you thought about it days after and still got squishy because it was so good or so much Mm. or you're still sore well (laughs) (laughs) yeah yes in short (laughs) i think that so it was a while ago but part of the soreness usually comes from like my Thighs aren't used to being at those angles <laughs> for that long, <laughs> right? Well, yeah, you know. You mean you don't stand around in that position at work? It's just no. at the grocery store in line. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I don't. But it's uh, yes, I've definitely done that. Where it's just like, and even kind of in the moment, you're like, "This is gonna be bad later," but it's really <laughs> good right now. <laughs> 
Fuck future me. Fuck future me. <laughs> or you get to that point where your legs are like literally shaking mm-hmm. <laughs> from like the muscles being like, oh my God, are you yes. kidding me? <laughs> yes. Yes. And you're just like, it's okay. Come on. It's fine. Just calm down. <laughs> Other muscles are going to get some very soon enjoyment and you need to just calm you down your thighs. We're, we're all in this together. You have to do an extra work, suffer a little so this guy can enjoy himself. Yeah. And by this yeah. guy, I mean the vagina. <laughs> yeah. We're not talking about the guy. Oh, no. I'm not talking about him. <laughs> But no, I've had that where it's just like that intense kind of like all night. I mean, not all night. We're talking like an hour or two, but just where things are just gelling and you're feeling really good. Yeah. So it just keeps going. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally. And usually I'm driving at that point because I'm just like, no, this is too, the whole thing's too good right now. I gotta go. We're (laughs) we're not, no, I'm not driving, driving. I mean, I'm like in control at that. (laughs) I'm not driving. I mean, like, because that's, you know, where I'm happy. So I'm like, let's keep this exactly up right now. Right, right, right. mm -hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, that's where the best ones come in. And sometimes, like, the only ones are the ones that you are doing yourself. Not, like, like, not doing yourself, but, like... No, but uh, you have to... You're controlling it. You're maneuvering it. Yes, you have to. (laughs) You you know where to put the little man on the boat onto... (laughs) the land Dude, gotta, you gotta know where the boat is the man in the boat. You cannot forget about that man yes that's a very important man why is it a man in a boat sorry uh, I derailed the entire conversation no I, now I'm thinking that too I mean I think because it's just, the clit shouldn't be a man it's very little <laughs> well but it should be it's, it should be a lady should it be a lady should it be a man or a woman should it just be a clit it should just be a clit we should just call it not that. have a gender <laughs> very true it shouldn't be genderized that's well, correct not, i don't want to genderize i don't want to label my clit i don't want to give it no. a gender <laughs> it's just my clit yeah let's just call it clit no it's the taurus yes I always thought that sounded like um, a, a, a dinosaur, though. Clitor. Oh, my God, it does. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to call mine my dinosaur now. It's my dinosaur in a boat. You got to get that dino. remember what i was you have to say oh it's my turn your time yes (laughs) your super sexy time um yes this has definitely happened i I would say usually after really not just like not all of the times that we've had sex but maybe some of the most recent ones really and i think it's because they are further apart than we used to Dan and I are smaller now because of like because of this plan that we've been on, and so we've been able to fit together better. He is ten inches taller than me, so we already don't match in size because it's mm-hmm. a little awkward. 
But now I think it's a little bit easier for us. And so when I do think about if we've just have had sex and the next day I'm thinking about it, I instantly get aroused again mm-hmm. or I get, you know, squishy and scratchy and just like thinking about it and I'll textually harass him and tell him about, hey, we totally smashed last night. And he's like, <laughs> I'm at work. I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> um, <laughs> but and you're right, it's. It's at that point where you know that you have the control, you can maneuver the way you want to maneuver and really determine how many orgasms you can have and and stuff like I can do, I'll do two. There's no negotiating. If you want to give me multiple, you can have two. I can have two. I do not want any more than that. My sensations will die. Like everything on me will go numb. And then at that point, I'm just exercising and I don't want to (laughs) exercise. Then well, I'm just grinding and <laughs> nothing's happening. <laughs> that's so true. It is true. Well, and I really like the the build up before the the mm-hmm. the. It has a name. Um, foreplay. No. <laughs> oh, okay. No, you no, mean no. like right before the orgasm? Yes, yes. And so that's the that's like the plateau. There's a. I think it's. I think it's called a plateau. And you can hold on there mm-hmm. without tipping over for a while. Yeah. That is what I love because. <laughs> that arousal, like, is so intense. And sometimes it's more intense than, like, the actual orgasm at the end. Yeah. Where you're just like, okay, now that's over. <laughs> yes. But I really, so that'll be sometimes what I kind of just, just kind of linger in there. And linger in there. Yeah. And that kind of, like, back and forth where you kind of, like, build and then slow and then build. and Because you oh, don't really yeah. want to push over the edge yet. Yep. <sighs> then you can make it last longer. Dan is oh, really so good. good with timing his with mine. I don't know how he does it. I really don't, but he does. I, I that I don't get at all. I've never, but I've never been in a relationship where that's a thing. But uh, <laughs> I don't understand it fundamentally. What? <laughs> fundamentally, don't. It's I know because I can't control when. Well, I guess I can. I don't know. But you I would, don't. F- and this is me totally talking shit about men as a person who's never been a man. Mm-hmm. I would think that they couldn't control it because what can they control? Men are me- men. <laughs> 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 you know what I mean? Right. So, like, and especially your orgasms. Like, you would think that that's something I, that they're just like, okay, it's going to happen. I'm just going to do it because I'm here. It's uh, it's happening. We're moving. Yeah. We're fucking. And I'm, oh, I'm done. It's good. Maybe. You know? But maybe they can bring it on, I guess, if they know you're close. Yeah, maybe. Maybe I that's easier than staving it off. Yeah. Or maybe they're, th- you know, thinking about like their favorite football team losing and so they don't actually not into it. And, and then mm-hmm. as soon as you're getting ready, they could tell and then all of a sudden they go for the long drive and catches the Again, ball and this, get to the end zone. I, I'm not sure it's that common. <laughs> I'm glad that you and Dan are there, but I don't know that that's a 100% common trait in other hetero relationships. <laughs> Okay. I can't say I've ever experienced even remotely similar. Really? Or, no, not even close. Okay. If I'm lucky, I get mine. If I that's the only thing that and that's <laughs> if I'm lucky. Wow. Right? Because usually most hetero women don't. Well, yes. It's usually like after the fact, you're like, okay, well, now I guess I'll figure this out. Hold no, on. go take a shower. <laughs> uh, I've got this. Don't worry. Yeah. Yeah. Or they'll, or they'll try afterwards. Like that, they do, you know, some will do that and that's nice. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, it's I've never had a... <laughs> 
<laughs> have you ever had one that wanted you to go first so then he can just release later? Make sure I've that had you. I have wanted to do that and are unsuccessful. Hmm. Maybe. Yeah. I've maybe. been lucky. I haven't had any really selfish partners you hear about where they just get off and then like yeah. go to sleep and you're like, and what? Excuse me. What? <laughs> well, I no, I haven't had anyone that. But mostly it's an issue of like there's times where I'm just like, this isn't going to happen. So let's just be okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Right, you're like, okay, just finish. And this, this was fun in and of itself. Yeah, without a goal in mind. Right, dinner was great. Thanks. Dinner was nice. <laughs> you know, you're warm. Yeah, that's fun. <laughs> your dog's super fun. Like, thanks for letting me watch your TV. I like the skin to skin contact <laughs> thing. It's cool. <laughs> We're not going to get there, so let's not focus on it. Right, right. Oh, okay. Well. I hope you get it someday. <laughs> I don't know how to answer that. <laughs> what is there? <laughs> There's nowhere to nowhere to go with that. So. Uh, okay. Well, there you go. Yeah. So, what do you have for a fun fuck fact? Oh, right. So this kind of goes back to the early what we were talking about at the beginning with is what Drake and Ashling have really love? Is it really relationship or is it really just lust right now? And I think it's still early, even though we are two books in on it. But I, you know, there is a difference between just love and lust. So I have an article here from mindbodygreen.com. And that is eight ways to tell the difference between love and lust. And it is by Simone Humphrey and uh, Signe Simon. And they're both uh, psychologists. So this is like, you know, legit. People know what they're <laughs> talking real, about. you guys. <laughs> so uh, just to, I'm going to just do kind of their de- definitions of lust and love. And then like the eight things to ask yourself. So you know whether or not you're in a, a love relationship or just a lustful relationship. So lust is an intense sexual attraction to another person. At its best, it can be the glue that draws us to a partner and allows for deep physical connection. At its worst, lust is fueled by idealization and projection of what we want to see rather than reality. Love is more complex, one of the most popular subjects in literature and arts. Love in all its delights and suffering has appeared a mystery and defined in infinite number of ways throughout human history. It's a, from an attachment perspective, it's a basic human need that keeps us bonded to the people who matter most. A secure, loving attachment with a romantic partner involves a deep affection, trust, and acceptance of a person, flaws and all. So that's why I kind of think that maybe what Aslan Gray and Drake have is not, it's kind of still in its lust stage because yeah. they don't really accept each other. <laughs> they don't know each other. They don't really they don't know. understand each other. I would think that he would fight a little bit more after she's like, I'm going to go back home, which is right. Not- he just and never. never t- you. He doesn't, <laughs> doesn't try to convince her to stay or say, "Okay, let's talk." Or no, he's the most lenient mate, male mate of like any character any we've book. ever had. None of them would put up with this. Yeah, but, no, yeah. But he's also like, yeah. Anyway, he's difficult. Yeah. So the eight things, eight ways to uh, to kind of determine to help you tell if it's lust or love. So here's things you need to ask. One, why are you interested in the relationship? You know, are you only interested in your partner sexually or do you want to get to know that person over time? Yeah, Drake. Are you open to hard work? You know, lust, easy, love, hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How do you feel about the person's flaws? Mm. Does the relationship get better over time? Where is the thrill coming from? How secure do you feel in the relationship? 
Do you feel obsessed? Is there longevity? Mm. So so those are just some things to think about. And again, uh, I will post this article. I know I say that every time and I almost never do it. <laughs> I... <laughs> You know, it's so funny. You say that You say that every time. You do say that. And then I'm like, well, maybe I just missed the post. I don't know. I don't. <laughs> no, I don't do it. I'm a big fat liar is the thing. <laughs> I always mean to. And then here's the thing. We It's Friday and I don't get on electronics on Friday. You Yes. Because I do 40 hour, you know, plus work weeks on computer and I just, so it's time and like the post is due and like even on my phone, I'm like, I don't feel like it. Because <laughs> it's we- always due on a Friday. Because <laughs> it's called Friday Fun Fuck Fact. I know, right? We may have to invest in an RSS aggregator, but those cost money. Those are where you could set it up. Yeah. It feed into your. Where we just set up stuff. all the posts and then they It'll just. Do it all they auto do. They, like we can time them. Yeah, we might need to. Or I might need to be less lazy on Fridays. <laughs> but I just am like, oh, my computer sounds miserable. Uh, <laughs> so I never get it. And then I, then I feel bad. And then it feels like it's too late. And so then I don't do it. <laughs> So it'll come up, if not with the episode, never. <laughs> yeah, that's it. You know, that's it. <sighs> awesome. Well, good. So, but again, it's from just so, I mean, you guys are you're smart people. You can look shit up. Go right? on the Google. The Google this. Mindbodygreen.com. And it's eight ways to tell the difference between lust and love. And it's from February 21st, 2021. Bam. So, dum bum bum. There you go. That's that. Yeah. All right, let's rate this book. Okay. What are we going to do? What um We do sex first and then book. Sex first and then book. You got it? You got it? I got it. Ready? Mhm. 1 2 3 10 9, nine. <laughs> <laughs> Which averages to 9. <laughs> it does it just it averages to 9 and 9. <laughs> <laughs> nice yeah this sex was super fucking sexy get you squishy squishy and i honestly really enjoyed the story and i i know the relationship between ashley and drake is a little bit hard to cross because it just doesn't seem to be anything there right now but i love the characters i fucking love barbara's voices all of that is just it all together is just really great and katie's writing is great oh absolutely this is fantastic yeah we've got two more books in this series so definitely look out for them hopefully they won't be 50 episodes apart (laughs) like these two are But I definitely, I need to know, I need to understand, like, that's the other thing that we don't usually get left with is, it's not a cliffhanger by any means, like, the story is wrapped up, but the love story isn't. Right. Right? So, she's run away again. Um, She has been offered a, an apprenticeship with Nora in London, so she's going to probably Ooh, yeah. go be an apprentice, is which good. is good, because we do want her to learn more about being a guardian. But um, you just, we, it's always left so unsettled between her and Drake, yeah. and so... It's just unique. That's not how, I mean, 99.9% of our books are happy ever after books. And this is not that. It's not giving us that. So that's fascinating. I do really love it. The sex, the sex is just the best sex. It's so good. It's It's so good. The best sex we ever read. Yeah. (sighs) Which is wild. It's wild. Mm, It's intense. Anyway. And then, yeah, it's fantastic writing. It's 
funny. The characters oh, are it's so funny. Jim is literally the best. Like when uh, we is? didn't even mention at some point in the book, Jim eats poison basically and oh, almost yeah. dies, he and it is heart wrenching. I'm it like, really oh my is. god. Yeah, <laughs> I know. So I just love it. I I actually I I hope that obviously we know Renee is going to come back. He's just one of the side characters, but he'll come back, and of course Jim. And I I'm really hoping that Tiffany's going to come back because she's like the annoying friend that I don't want to hang around with, but need because she's. <laughs> I imagine she does. I mean, she was in so much of this book. Yeah, I can't fathom you would write and construct such a fully developed character to have her never show up again. Yeah. Yeah. So I imagine she'll pop in and be a virgin at some point. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's awesome. Like, I understand we needed her for the purpose of the bad guy really wanting her. But I do, I mean, I guess we maybe, uh, I think we could have gotten there without her. Probably. Because it didn't, that small piece didn't really get ever get, like, Maybe it was why? just an infatuation that, yeah. yeah. I mean, it didn't really get fleshed out as to why he thought he would become better by deflowering her, but whatever. Yeah. And then at the end, and like, yes, that was the mystery that she had to solve was all of that interconnected, like incubus stuff. But he's really not even like the bad, like he's the bad guy. But really the menace is the other dragon, the blue dragon, whose name I forgot. Peleotia. It's a car. Fiat. Fiat. He sucked the worst. Oh my God. Yeah. And every time he talked, I got mad and I hated him. So mm-hmm. he's got to be around because he was in the first book. So yep. he's got to be around. At some point, she's going to have to one up him because he keeps thinking he's He's won yeah. over over Ashling, and I just think she's going to end up... I think she's going to battle him. With the upper hand over... Yeah, she's she has gonna to. challenge him to a duel. <laughs> I don't think he'd let it be a duel of darts the way Drake did. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was the best. <laughs> I love that one. No. All right, good. And okay. these are not new... I don't know if we've ever mentioned that. These are not new books. These no. are really... These are old these are so they're so good so you know occasionally we've read older books and been like disappointed because it doesn't really match with modern sensibilities right but the first one was published in 2004 and this one was in 2005 so you know holy like 15 years ago holy crap I didn't yeah. realize they were that old. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, I didn't find, I don't think anything really that I think some people would find offensive now. Um, I think the only thing was... Um, she calls Jim it. Well, no, I, I, that is weird, but he is a demon, so okay. The one demon that busted through in the dragon conference, and I think they called him a transvestite. Oh, yes. That, that scene was a little iffy. That's right. That I was kind of like... That was like towards but the beginning. It was of. really early yeah. and it was he's not a character, he's just a demon and he has imps and he's kind of dressed in drag, I guess, but Yes. Yes. That wasn't right. greatest, but that was short and it wasn't fundamental to the story. No. So. No, it wasn't. We moved on. Yeah. But That's right. the only thing I noticed that was kind of that felt dated. That felt like 15 years ago, you know. You know what one, one of my favorite parts was when Jacob was facing the the his leader in the very and he was like we're, we're raising a coup or whatever against you yeah. we want to be free and he was like i want to i don't remember what it was that he wanted to do but he, he wanted like, to raise horses he wanted to i want to raise horses blah 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 wants to play the piano and blah 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 wants to work at mcdonald's and make the big juicy burgers yes 
I almost crashed my car. I was laughing so hard. Oh, it's just so good. Her dialogue. It's so good. So funny. I want to work at McDonald's. Okay. I hope. Like, I, we didn't get a resolution on that, but I hope all of those incubi got to go and live their dreams. Yeah, because they're, they're like, we don't want to be used for our bodies anymore. We're not sex slaves or whatever it is that it was just a, it was a good freeing moment for them. <laughs> Oh I, my I just hope they do. I really, I envision Jacob off raising horses. I know it's gonna be. I I hope to see him again too because he was real sweet. So funny. Oh. Alrighty. So yes, we recommend it. Yeah. Read the book. Definitely Yay, book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So for our next book. We are going to read The Tea Shop by Bernadette Marie, narrated by Sandra Murphy. Um, we've read a Bernadette Marie book before. She writes sweet paranormal romances. The f- right. Well, I think she mostly writes contemporary, but she does have these two books that are paranormal and they're yes. I think they call they're yes, you're right. She, and she mostly calls them sweet. writes contemporary but her two but yeah they're called sweet what was the last one we read called i don't know but the the you're asking me who never <laughs> remembers anything yes i am it was at the beginning of the pandemic don't you know don't you know don't don't you know um the last goodbye there the you go yes yep that was good. Yeah. So we had to like eyeball read that one this time. It's going to be on audiobook. So I'm excited for that. I have the book and I almost picked it up and started reading it because it's such a cute little book. It's got a cute cover on it. Mm-hmm. And I just I love actually reading books. It just takes me forever to do it. But so join us for that and it should be fun. We're excited. Yeah. We'll see you guys next time. Um, in the meantime, please feel free to reach out to us on social media or via email. You can find us at shdirtybooks at gmail.com or shdirtybooks on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, and hopefully by now TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. Well, I've promised it <laughs> twice now. <laughs> I better be doing this. Yeah, but how many times have you promised the fun fuck fact on Fridays and they don't get it? Yeah, and I never have done that. So I don't know why people even believe me about anything. But yeah, and in all in all those places, it's shh with three H's. So shh, dirty books um, on all the social medias. <laughs> I was going to say, how is she going to end that one? She already said it. (laughs) And you can visit us on our website at dirtybooks.com and most places that you can find podcasts. Thank you, Jim Towson, for your music. And uh, with that, we will say adieu. Uh, This is Sayla. And this is Kalina. (laughs) And I got stuck trying to speak French at the end. Yeah, you've been listening to Shh, Reading Dirty Books with Kalina and Saylet. Be sure to tune in to the next episode with some more of your dirty books read to you. And if you're listening on a format that allows you to give a rating, please do that for them.